No. 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 <laughs> No. Mm, I think we can do without the crack pipe. Oh, hi. As the Fox Sensor, it's my job to protect you from reality. And thanks to my prudent editing, tonight's special Halloween show has been rated TVG. This means there will be no raunchy NBC-style sex or senseless CBS-style violence. So sit back and enjoy a night of worry-free... <laughs> What the fudge? Oh, for Pete's sake! Jiminy Christmas! Ah! Darn it. Hey guys, this is Pete. Before we start the show, I just wanted to give a quick shameless plug for my debut novel entitled Frankenstein A Life Beyond. It's the first direct sequel to Mary Shelley's classic and follows Ernest Frankenstein, the sole survivor of the original book. Like mystery, adventure, romance, horror? Then this is the ebook for you. Check it out today on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and my website, EnceladusLiterary.com. That's E N C E L A D U S Literary.com. Thanks. Now on with the show. Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we'd fix it. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. <laughs> we give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. God damn it, how come every time I think it's something clever, there's something going With your host, Pete. Why? Why must life be so hard? Why must I fail in every attempt at masonry? <laughs> and Greg. Do you hold a grudge against Montgomery Burns? No. All right, maybe I did, but I didn't shoot him. Checks out. Okay, sir, you're free to go. Good, because I got a hot date tonight. Hot date. Dinner with Fred. Dinner alone. Watching TV alone. All right. I'm going to sit at home and ogle the ladies in the Victoria's Secret catalog. See his catalog. Now, would you unhook this already, please? I don't deserve this kind of shabby treatment. And we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. How much is this free resort weekend? It's free. And when is this weekend? It's this weekend. Uh-huh. And how much does it cost? Um, it's free. I see. And when is it? It's this weekend. What are you charging for this free weekend? We are in television land permanently now. No. <laughs> All right. Wrong. Well, it just feels like it. But <laughs> we are going to hindsight the future again. Oh, man. We're going to talk about The Simpsons, which. <gasps> but how can we talk about The Simpsons in the future? Because it's been on. Since the Roman Empire fell, <laughs> and we're sitting here researching, trying to figure out, all right, we know what date this show started, but no one on the internet seems to have a proper count of just how many episodes actually exist of this television show, but essentially we come down on the fact that it has been on for a really, really long time. How long, Thunder? <laughs> 1989. Yeah, 
1989, you were looking into other shows that had been on for a while, and it was kind of mm-hmm. getting it was getting tough to eat because you have to qualify it. With, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, quiet, Santa's little helper. Quiet. <laughs> Thank you. Sprinkles. <laughs> that was sprinkles jumping in. Uh, we're going to contribute something there. That's right. Well, we're going to put, put you that. in the mood for talking about that first episode involving the dog. Yes, we're going to leave that in. So <laughs> we got, uh, you know, we had to qualify it by shows that are scripted prime time because I threw in. Well, you could look at like General Hospital or something like that, where it's on every day for like fifty years, and then you could talk NBC Nightly News has been on for. 60 years and see and 60 minutes has been on for 45 some odd years but as far as scripted television what did you find where we've got the simpsons closing in on 600 episodes of television yeah and stop and really let that number sink in i mean think about how many shows get a pilot <laughs> and <laughs> or they're there for a fraction of a season and then they're quickly replaced come sweeps or whatever i talk about running the table and beating the odds well it's not just it's just it's insanity at this point how long (laughs) it's on i mean you and i talk about it we both watched it religiously still quote it indefinitely but we're, we're, we're quoting everything from like seasons one through ten and yet, it's been on. There have been more episodes that you and I have collectively not watched of this show mm-hmm. than existed in the time that we were fervent fans of the show. <laughs> we watched it for a good ten seasons, and it's been on for fifteen years past that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I just get it's a Sunday night. We're recording right now, Sunday night, and I just came down from watching the season premiere of Here We Are in 2014. And so just by happenstance of post-football, it was being on television. I just caught a little bit of it, and you could have not imagined that I would be in high school watching this show, recording it on VHS, and over 20 years later, it's still on, (laughs) new, on a Sunday night. That just is mind-boggling. Yeah, it's it's impressive. Uh, going back to what you were asking me earlier about the long-running shows, Gunsmoke uh, holds the record at the moment. It ran for 20 years from 55 to 75, clocked in with 635 episodes. But that was just a I – mean, yeah, I mean, The Simpsons has been on for 25 years, but it was mm-hmm. a different television world then. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, Gunsmoke – I I think, and I, I'm saying this without a whole lot of education behind me, so somebody can say, shut up! But I think that Gunsmoke was in that period of westerns almost being like soap operas, in that they were just kind of, if not made daily, I think they were on multiple times a week, and the television seasons back then were... I, I think they maybe took June and July off or something. So well, yeah. Plus you had the added bonus of only having the big three networks back then too. So it's not like you have the competition that you have now. Yeah, exactly. But it was just, it was not a TV season. Like, and it, 
it wasn't then and it wasn't now, but if we base on when we grew up and the bulk of the t way TV was for our young to young adult lives, TV seasons were basically September is premiere time, May is season finale time, and then it's reruns through the summer, which is mm -hmm. now, it's now been changed, you know, new shows start in the summer and all that kind of stuff, but that's still the overall television model that is the basis for the industry. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Gunsmoke just existed in a time where before that, it, before that happened, really. But even so. Well, most of the shows on this list are kind of going back into that time frame, too. Um, at number two, you got Lassie, uh, Death Valley Days. With what? what is future Death president Valley Ronald Days? Reagan? Apparently, <laughs> that just that blow that boggles my mind for how much I know of media history. I have never heard of that show I in my never heard life. Of that either. Uh, number four, you should have heard of at least according to this list, Ozzy and Harriet. Is that the St. Louis Cardinals shortstop story? Oh, we could only wish. No, these are the adventures of Ozzy and Harriet from 1952 to 1966. The adventures then, of Ozzy Smith and Harriet <laughs> Beecher Stowe. <laughs> then uh, Bonanza, another Western. Yeah. Uh, the Simpsons, at least according to this, clock in at number six. Uh, Law and Order. And we're talking number of episodes here, not yeah. time on the air. Right. Yeah. Uh, my My Three Sons. I don't think I've ever watched a single episode of uh, Dallas and Knott's Landing. It sure's not. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like a difficult difficult list to qualify. Mm -hmm. But it just it seems like so much more of a feat for The Simpsons because it had so much going against it at the beginning. It was this kind of cultural touchstone within a year of being on the air. It was excessively popular. It was, at the time, a crude, loudmouth, off-kilter family atmosphere, animated primetime show. And so, that right there, that last factor, you talk about one of the largest dings against it. Um, you know, this was a show that originated on another show, on a sketch comedy show, the Tracy Ullman show and everything. And nobody was doing primetime animated series. That, that, that was for kids. That was kid stuff. Yeah, you had, basically you had the Flintstones in the 60s. I think everyone always goes back, you say the Flintstones in the 60s was a primetime animated show. But if I am correct again, and I will be proved wrong probably, but... I believe the Flintstones was on in prime time very briefly during its run. And so people can say, oh, well, that qualifies. So it was on in prime time. So, but it wasn't like a constant thing where the Flintstones was always on in prime time. So really, The Simpsons was just an absolute anomaly that mm -hmm. no one had ever seen before. And just to put it frank, why we became such big fans is it was good. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. It was fantastic. It was groundbreaking. You've got names that came off of that show just from the writer's staff. I mean, the most famous of them is Conan O'Brien, but Brad Bird, the director, Incredibles, and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, the, he, he was a writer and 
uh, executive producer on that show. You had James Brooks, who was coming off of Cheers and a whole bunch of other live-action sitcoms, was an executive on the show. So, and I'm sure there's many more behind-the-scenes names that aren't as famous that come to mind instantly. But it was just groundbreaking in every aspect. But I don't know how that translates into longevity. <laughs> I, I think one of the appeals of the show and everything like that is it's part of it is its satirical nature. Um, so it's able to kind of tap into a lot of different demographics and age groups and everything. Uh, you can go back and, you know, depending on how old you were when you came into the show and everything, you might watch an episode and get one level of kind of humor and sophistication out of it at one age and then go back to it five years later and go, oh, that's what that reference meant, or oh, okay, now I get this type of humor or things like that. So I think there's enough that you can always kind of go back to and pull something a little bit more out of the episodes. But I think where we're going to come into our discussion and why it's on our show is because <laughs> there's a systemic problem with television and our talking about it. And I think it, uh, you know, if it comes from me, I don't know, but I talk about it on every time we ever talk about a television show. You need an ending. And the inherent problem with a lot of TV, which is starting to get fixed now that I've said ad nauseum now, <laughs> is a movie has an, an ending. Even if you have a series in your movies, Star Wars, you still have to get to your ending credits for that particular episode. So a television show, by its very nature, if it's successful shoots itself in the foot because now all of a sudden you have executives who say, well, that's our successful show. That's our cornerstone for years. Keep pumping it out and let's not end this thing. But it hurts the storytelling nature because story by definition needs an ending to be a strong piece, an artistic piece, I think. Well, and a lot of shows, it's interesting, too, where, you know, comparing movies and television along those lines, obviously every movie has some kind of an ending. You might not like it, but it's got an ending. There's a graveyard of shows that just ran out of steam, and they just ended. They didn't really have any kind of a formal ending to them, necessarily. On the other side, you've got plenty of shows that did have a formal ending with varying degrees of success. Um, endings are hard in television. I mean, they're just kind of hard. Uh, you're lucky if you get a shot to end a show. And then God knows how it's going to be received by the audience. But you've got such a unique situation with The Simpsons. Because you look at what it spun off. It spun off Family Guy, kind of. or in, Not spun off. Inspired Family Guy. Futurama. And Futurama. Spun off Futurama. Yeah. So you've got Family Guy is kind of similar. I mean, they can do some off-putting things, but at the, at the heart, it's still, if you want to use these in extreme air quotes, <laughs> got a realistic bent to it. It's a story. Yeah, of a I think you're going to have to go with some extreme air quotes on that. Well, I'm talking about it's got it's based around a family in a city with people interacting, right? And the stories inherent in that, and it's based on a family that never ages. So it, that's the problem. 
is that you just have Homer and Marge and Bart and Lisa and Maggie are just in permanent stasis. And how much can you really do with that? You can't. But then you have another show that would not really exist without it, and that's South Park, which we've talked about. And that Mm -hmm. South Park could theoretically go on forever because it is a topical show that is not... I can't really say it's not character-based, but it's not based on the familial interactions of those kids and their parents. It is when the script demands it, but that's not the core of the show. The core of the show is taking whatever's going on in modern day and doing a satirization. Right. The Simpsons, Family Guy, those are more along the lines of, what are Homer and Marge doing this week? Well, they can go out on a date and have marital problems. Okay, well, haven't we seen that six times in the last 25 years? But you haven't seen it reinvented this way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why we're here, I think. Because, yeah, it's been... Let's see, we're in 2014. The last... I mean, I've seen some episodes here and there of The Simpsons since then, but... I would say the run of watching every Sunday night and not missing it kind of came to an end and petered out around 2001, 2002. So they have about 12 years of additional programs of that show that I can't imagine how... It continues because there's only so much you can do with one town. What more can they possibly do? (laughs) Well, it's interesting. I think a lot of people in our age demographic and everything, obviously life moves on. You have new interests and demands on your time and everything like that. But a fair number of people have kind of indicated that they checked out around the same time. Um, Now, again, that may just be a generational thing and not having seen hardly anything uh, after that point. I can't really weigh in much about the quality of the episodes or the show or how it's connecting with the masses. The fact that it's still going and still getting I believe pretty good ratings and everything says it's still talking to somebody. Yeah, and I don't know who that is. I I don't know. I I don't either. (laughs) Outside of just a ritual for people, Mm -hmm. Because you think about it, it started on Thursday night, and it was up against the Cosby Show, which was the NBC powerhouse at the time. So I can't remember when it made the ultimate switch, but it was sometime in the early 90s. It found its way onto Sunday night, 8 o'clock. And it's been on there ever since. So it just I guess it's just a family ritual where Sunday, 8 o'clock, and then ever since the late 90s when Fox got... NFL, it's football, runs late, Simpsons starts at 8.05, people just keep watching when they eat dinner after football. And that may be the golden formula. (laughs) And so it's just just never going to stop. And so what we're doing here now is we're going to try and figure out, can... The Simpsons be stopped. And <laughs> Can you end the marathon? <laughs> We're going to stop this son of a bitch if it's the last thing we do, okay? <laughs> uh, before we get into that real quick, what did you think of the movie? Well, you and I saw that together in yep. 2007. Um, I think I still feel the exact same way when we were talking about it in the parking lot afterwards. 
It had its moments. I chuckled at a few things legitimately. But overall, it just kind of came and went, and I haven't really thought much of it ever since. No, it's like the X-Files movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was fully expecting... <laughs> that happened? <laughs> well, I mean, I was fully expecting. I remember going into to that, and it had been, what, three, four, five years since I really had been watching it. And I personally was expecting to go into the Simpsons movie and come out thinking... Uh, that seems like a pretty worn-out prospect. And I was legitimately surprised that there were a few sequences that I actually did laugh at. But I think that's just because they got some of the original writers back and they were able to focus intently on making one big story that had an ending. Hey, look at that. Hmm. <laughs> and just worked overtime on it. So instead of pumping out 22 episodes a year individual stories they could work a little bit longer a little bit harder on just one story to tell well and part of the reason that i asked that is kind of setting us up to go into this talk about ending it you know obviously there are other shows that have wrapped up their runs and for various reasons found their way onto the big screen um, with varying degrees of success do you think that that might be a model that the Simpsons would ever adopt that they'd wrap up their time on TV or split off and do some of the sub characters, you know, do your version of the Ropers with the Simpsons and uh, just release a movie every now and again. Or do you think that when it's done, it's done? Well, I mean, you could do a, you know, that late eight, late seventies, early eighties thing where every popular television show, it's was it was a very incestuous television landscape back then <laughs> because you could point at the the weekly ratings of television shows of the big 3 networks and probably half of them were all connected or spun off from something else on that list mm. so you could theoretically do that with the simpsons where you could say all right well we're no longer dealing with uh, a central focus of the simpsons family core we're now making a Simpsons brand, and then for 13 episodes, we're going to do, or for 10 episodes in the fall, we're going to do a story focusing around the Flanders. And then uh, in the spring, we're going to do the, the Wiggums, and then come back next season for 10 episodes dealing with Krusty the Clown or with the Simpsons guest starring. And you could do something like that would you know would be a unique way to go and then you could milk that for another 10 years yeah probably but what did you think of the movie how about that let's go back that way okay uh actually i kind of meant what i said about the x-files comparison i well from and, someone who hasn't seen the x-files and okay well, you're not, what, what you're, not mean? you're not missing anything because it was sold and i don't i'm i'm not saying that fox or the simpsons sold the movie as being this, but they really built up the X-Files movie of going, oh, we're going to give you answers. Stuff's going to change, you know, da, 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 da. And it was kind of implied that maybe they were just going to, depending on the success of the movie, maybe they were just going to end doing the show and they were going to start doing more movies. And I'm looking at that point at how long the show's been on the air again, by that point, I had kind of walked away from it and been away from it for a while. And at least somewhere in my brain, whether I realized it or not, I was kind of anticipating, okay, 
everybody knows this thing's going to come out. It's going to make buckets full of money. And they'll probably say, well, maybe we'll do like one or two more seasons and we'll wrap it up and we'll start doing films. And kind of what you were saying, there were points that I kind of chuckled at or enjoyed. But overall, it didn't really rekindle my earlier fandom or love of the show and kind of the way that I had before I stopped watching it again. That wasn't necessarily the goal of the film. Uh, but I walked away just kind of saying, okay, well, it it was what it was. It was fine. It'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. And I'm genuinely surprised they've never really gone any further. It was just kind of like, okay, well, that happened, and now now back to the wall. <laughs> yeah, just now, now back to status quo. Now completely back to status quo. I don't even know if they acknowledge the fact that the movie happened on the show. It, it's hard to say. but Yeah, without some digging, we wouldn't know. And who knows, maybe they did an entire episode arc spinning they, off of the They could have movie. very easily, yeah. But that's the other thing is it's that problem like we talked about during the Quantum Leap episode, funny enough, referencing X-Files where that, you know, the somebody was shot and killed in Mulder's apartment and the next week there's no police tape, there's no investigation, he's just living <laughs> in his this apartment. guy's fine, don't worry about it. <laughs> there's no reference to it. That's the problem with the status quo on a show like right. The Simpsons is that you can reference things but the problem is is that the few episodes that I have seen of the last 12, 13 years have been self-referential things. I mean, the jokes are stemming from, remember this thing that happened on The Simpsons in 1996? Well, let's reference that. Get it? <laughs> There's a joke. And that and, was a reference to a reference of stuff that happened earlier. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's just, it's it's eating itself alive from the inside. <laughs> and how can we help the Simpsons not die from cannibalism by I, eating I, itself alive? I think now that I'm kind of considering it, it it's almost like it suffers from same of the, some of the same problems that the Bond franchise has suffered from over the years. And that's this, it lives and dies by the formula. No and growth. and it they don't want to mess with what they consider to be a winning formula. So as long as it's working, uh, you know, we might bump off a character here or there, try to do something zany like putting a movie in the theaters. But yeah, they're just kind of little gimmick things. It doesn't really change the core of the show. Yeah, status quo is just what I keep coming back to. Yeah, that's exactly what is causing the Simpsons to stay on forever. And again, going back to the procedural versus the serialized that I constantly butt up against in these episodes is it, there's obviously people out there who love the serialized television; otherwise, it wouldn't exist. Is that some form of comfort food, so to speak, for somebody? Oh, I know that every Sunday at 8 o'clock, I can tune in on Fox. I can watch this episode of The Simpsons. I can do see Homer do something zany and crazy. And then I can go on with my life and never think about it. So maybe it's not made anymore for the 
uber geeks like us who sit here who's going to sit here and nitpick this stuff oh wait that's right uh, excuse me that's right we are the comic book guys oh god that's happened oh, oh we've wasted our life i know how this episode's ending oh, oh i've wasted my life uh, you wait for it folks you'll hear it in a little bit um so okay, so let's just—we've been doing this now for twenty minutes. So let's okay. just go into stop dancing. <laughs> well, it's no more dancing. It's just how, because at this point there was recently FXX, the cable channel, had the marathon where they ran every episode of The Simpsons in a row, twenty-four-seven, right. yep. and it took almost two weeks to show that many episodes of television. So obviously. If Fox comes out with an announcement tomorrow and says, mm-hmm. hey, in May, The Simpsons is wrapping up, you know we'd have a month ahead of time. Even in this fractured media culture we live in now, there would be a month ahead of time where there would be news stories about The Simpsons is ending and you would not be able to see any morning show any 60 minutes episode anything daily show tonight show without seeing tonight our guest is dan castellaneta talking about the end of the simpsons and here's julie kavner on the today show talking about the end of the simpsons it would just be a major thing so as a producer of the show how could you say we got to end The Simpsons. <laughs> it's been on for 25 years, folks. 600 episodes. How would... Your first blush, your first guess, how would you end The Simpsons? The final episode comes up. What could possibly be done to come close to meeting expectations like that? I, I guess there'd be a couple of things on my mind if that happened. Uh, one, thank you for giving me the opportunity to actually end the show before... Some of the cast members just said, you know what, we're just hanging this up. Or for whatever reason, Fox just said, eh, we're going to cancel it. And they didn't give me a chance to end the show. So I'd be glad about those things. Or we've already had a spot where cast members have died. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, that, we are getting into that territory. We, after we all lost this time. Mrs. So. for crying out loud. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd, I'd be glad on that level. Um, I'd kind of probably, and I'm sure every single person who's ever been charged with having to kind of wrap up a show like this, they always go to, well, what have other people done? Um, do we run this just like a normal episode and that's just it? Do we make this into some kind of big, you know, multi-hour event type of thing? What is it that's going to satisfy the fan base? And I mean, I think that's part of it. And the complexity with a show like this is it's such a huge fan base with so many different, probably, desires of what they would want to see um, as far as how to wrap the show up and what would be satisfying and everything. Uh, So... I think I'd really have to sit down and look at the show and try to get to the core of it as to what has really connected over the years with the audience and try to play up that more than anything. I think it would be a mistake to, I'm going to pull it out, go into 
uh, Phantom Menace territory or something like that and constantly be pulling things out throughout the entire episode. Wink, remember this. Wink, remember this. I, I think that would get tiresome. Well, and one thing you said in there stood out to me, and I want to pull out because that was an idea that I had when we were thinking about this show. Mm. I believe with the way The Simpsons has been set up, that their last episode would probably be an hour episode, so you're talking 42, 43 minutes worth of show. Of course, this being the Fox flagship, Matt Granick could go to them and say, we need 87 and a half minutes, and Fox would be like, sure. Like, they're actually going to say no. Mm, true. <laughs> so I think what would happen is that you would have uh, 8 o'clock, Here's the half an hour look back special on The Simpsons, and let's have a roundtable. And who who would be the uh, who's Fox's? Here's here's a little side note. Who's Fox's network guy? Like what I'm talking about is if you go to if NBC, you're going to have mm-hmm. like Carson Daly or Brian Williams is going to moderate a panel, and if you go to ABC, you're going to have Diane Sawyer moderate a panel. Who's that Fox guy? Bill O'Reilly. I can't think of anybody. Why? Why the hell am I blanking? The guy who calls the baseball games. Oh, Jack Buck or Joe Buck? Yes, thank you. All right, there you go. <laughs> I'm yeah, just Joe totally Buck. blanking on his name. All right, so yeah, 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 Joe Buck. That's that's probably who I'd pull out of the. So Fox there's, a, there's a nice crowd. useless tangent, but okay, yeah. so you'd have a night in May or early June, and you'd have Joe Buck moderating a panel with all of the actors on stage for The Simpsons, and they'd all do their own little voice thingies, whatever, and and here's how you got the job. And they already kind of did that on the Inside the Actors studio, so I've mm-hmm. already kind of seen that before. Yeah, but I, I think that it goes without saying, somewhere along the way, as the shutting down process, the ending process of the show, that would definitely happen. Yeah, and then you'd have at 8.30... Here comes the fun, and, and you know Joe Buck would be like, "We want to thank our panel for being here," and you'd have a little room applause, yay! And and, and now stay tuned for the final episode of The Simpsons, and then they'd fade out, and then they'd go to eight thirty, and then then just before the show would start, brought to you by Chevy, and then they'd have a Chevy commercial, and then <laughs> The Simpsons would start at eight thirty, and then my guess that was a huge roundabout way to get to this, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Well, we're here. (laughs) (laughs) And I forgot. Oh, no. Uh, um, Is that what they would do is that they would pull all of the most famous season finale or show finales in television history and just do a series of knockoffs. So they do a knockoff of the Seinfeld finale and they'd bring back all these side characters from Simpsons history and have Homer on trial. And then they'd have the Cheers finale where Moe is closing down the bar and says, eh, sorry, we're closed, and then some sort of joke. And then they'd have the New Heart finale where Homer wakes up next to Marge and or or, or Maud Flanders wakes up next to Ned. Like, each character... Oh, there you go. <laughs> each, each character would have their own... Their version, own ending. Their version of a famous, like, TV show ending. Yeah. And, like, comic book guy would lay down on a beach and close his eye, like, lost... Or something like that. <laughs> uh, just all the most famous television show finales in history is what would happen. And then, you know, each character. But then how do you ultimately get to The Simpsons? What is the most famous? So you'd have to come up with something original yes. for The Simpsons. 
So uh, yeah, you have to give them their bow. You have to give them their moment. And uh, again, I was thinking about this the other day, and I I hate to say it, but I almost feel like the best place to end the show, boring as this may sound, is on the couch. Yeah, it needs to be on the couch at Christmas, matching up with the way the first episode was, and just have Santa's little helper run in, and they're just watching on TV like the Tracy Ullman show or something. Yeah, something like that. Or they're watching... Shit, I don't know. They're watching... uh, uh, I got dogs barking in the back, so I'm gonna leave an. I'm gonna leave all the dog barking in. Mm. Hey, well, it's the night for it. <laughs> they, they know that we're talking about this show, and they know how it started. So that's right. So they're weighing in on how it ends. So I would imagine that The Simpsons ends with the family on the couch watching TV. Santa's little helper comes in. It's Christmas time, and some callback to the very first episode. So I don't even. Uh, so. You call back and Marge, is, you remember if the Simpsons opened with Marge writing like the Christmas letter to all her friends and family? Mm-hmm. Dear friends and family of the Simpsons. So she could actually be sitting on the couch writing that letter and it could kind of be bittersweet almost for a comedy cartoon to end with Marge sitting down to write the letter saying, Dear friends and family of the Simpsons, it's been a long 25 years or just something like that. And that's how the show could close. I, I like that. And it, it does speak to something that I was saying, getting to the heart of the show. I mean, the one of the strengths of The Simpsons, crazy as it can be at points and everything, is it does have heart. It does have very touching moments in it. So I think ending on that note would be fine and appropriate. Yeah, you just bring it full circle. Everybody has the laughs because you spend the entire episode seeing which TV show they're going to make fun of to end. <laughs> so you could have, uh, um, oh, God, what's the guy's name? Um, so you basically would have, uh, uh, I'm blanking. Mm. There's no, the one-armed guy. Isn't there a one-armed guy in The Simpsons? The guy uh, who smokes a cigarette. Uh, or was oh, that? oh, oh, the guy who owns the Army Surplus store? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And they could have Chief Wiggum or something come in and look after him. He's like, there he is. It's the one-armed man. Get him. And they could do the <laughs> fugitive ending. And, uh, you know, all I, the I was just ending. thinking you could pull back and do the men in black ending. Yeah, you could do that, too. And then there's Kodos and Kang. <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. And then maybe Matt Groening just hangs up a Christmas bulb on his tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, Matt Groening is sitting there staring at a little glass globe, and it's like St. Elsewhere. It was all inside this kid's mind. There you go. Mind. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you just pull from all of the famous TV show endings, and that's what you do for each of the individual characters. So all of the characters in Springfield get their own ending. So that's that how be, that would be fun too because one of the episodes I always really like going back to an ancient one was that like 22 stories from Springfield. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's where every, one of the best. where they just yeah, interlinked and they were all fun to kind of give different characters different moments and everything. So yeah, no, I like I like we've done good work. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Where he just comes up and like Carl is is uh, Billy D and Lenny is Luke and they just hug <laughs> and go off with Ewoks. 
And of course, Mr. Burns gets to drop a snow globe and Rosebud. <laughs> I'm trying to think what other characters could get endings. The St. Elsewhere ending could be for Dr. Hibbard. Yeah, that would work. That would work. And then I like the new heart ending for Maud and Ned Flanders waking up in bed. Yeah, for some reason, I really like that one. <laughs> it <really> fits. <laughs> Nettie, you're having a bad dream. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think what other famous... Uh, Show endings. Uh, the Sopranos. Anybody fit for the Sopranos ending? Oh, fat Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you would just have fat Tony sitting at a bar, <laughs> and it just fades out. Comic book guy finally ends up with Zena. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out at this point. Well, there would be plenty of ideas for each character, but pretty much Perfect. just do all the famous movie and TV show endings in history for each character. I like it. I do like it. There you go. Barney would be the one who get the lost ending, where he'd just <laughs> wander onto an island drunk, lay down. Oh. He'd lay down. The dog would come way next to him. He'd see an airplane fly overhead, but instead of the bittersweet I'm dying moment, he's just dead drunk and his eye closes slowly. <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. What's a famous cop show ending? I don't know. Uh, um, I can't think of anything. That's the problem with a lot of the cop shows is a lot of them are procedural. Yeah, so exactly. it's just like, I uh, don't really have that many... Just kind of peter out. Yeah, that you can go to with that. You'd probably have to do a movie for the, for that. Yeah, I guess so. But anyway, that there's an idea for you, Simpsons creators. Yeah! That's how you finish your show. <laughs> and of course, as we do this whole episode, and it sounds awesome, somebody somewhere is going to type a comment that says, in very comic book tone... Um, excuse me, in episode whatever of 2007, The Simpsons already did this. Thank you. Simpsons did it. The Simpsons did it. There's another <laughs> clip you'll hear in this episode, I'm sure. So, um, yeah, Simpsons, that's how you end your show. Agreed. First prize. All right, you big ape. Get a snootful of this gas bomb. I was strolling through the gas one day. Stupid Dexter Flanders! Hi, hi. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. Terrible! All the traffic lights are out. Driving sure is dangerous. Yeah, tell me about it. I got some yuppie jerk off headed right for me, yakking away on his cell phone. Huh? I hear that. I got some big shot barreling down on me. Hey, who are you talking to, your boyfriend? Hey, Jackass, your voice sounds familiar. <laughs> Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. I don't hear an alarm. Let's take stuff. Uh, whoa, isn't that stealing? No, it's just looting. Sweet. Okay, but... Ah! Oh, my, you moron. Homer, you genius. <laughs> Geronimo! But Aquaman, you cannot marry a woman without gills.
You're from two different worlds. Oh, I've wasted my life. 